What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of In Conversation With. Thank you so much for having me. That's awesome. A lot of these artists need the money that comes from touring. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of In Conversation With. I'm your Andre Williamson, and today I'm joined with one of my good friends, Mike Landry, business owner, poli sci guy and uh boston celtics fan but we'll get into all of that today mike how's it going today it's going great how about you i'm doing okay as well as i can be doing right now during a global pandemic slash alien invasion um <laughs> so i'm doing okay but uh how are you doing good good i've really adapted to working from home and uh the days are blending into one another and the weeks are seemingly flying by um so overall pretty good one of the reasons i thought you would be an interesting person to talk to is because in this time it's, it's such a fluid situation we don't know when this is going to how long this is going to last we don't know when businesses can start marketing again you actually uh, are part owner of a marketing company um so one of the things i'd like to talk to you about is what are your clients doing what are you doing as a business owner how are you guys pivoting? How are you managing your clients at this time? We got proactive really early on and we thought, okay, where are all, all the areas that we can really minimize costs and cut back in the early goings? Uh, so we identified those areas, um, whether it was cut, cutting back on certain, you know, office perks and expenses, whether it was um, negotiating for lower uh, costs on, on some of the software and subscriptions that we had. Um, so that was that was step number one. Uh, step number two uh, was we just kept selling, right? Because as much as hospitality was was hurting, um, new website development was something that we could uh, encourage some of our existing clients to do. Plus, new clients, uh, also e-commerce, is uh, seeing a surge right now because everyone's staying at home and, and buying online. So we encourage clients that are initially maybe wanted to stop marketing to really switch their focus um, to online sales. And, and that's worked out pretty well. Um, you know, we, when this all was coming about, you know, we had the goal of saying, being able to say at the end of all this, that we never laid off one staff member and we never cut one salary, right? We wanted to make sure that we kept the team whole and also made sure that they could rely on that same paycheck that they were getting, you know, every two weeks. And so that's what we did. That's what we've been able to do so far. Uh, we've taken a lot of hits, a lot of hits. But um, again, that's the, the beauty of running an eclectic, um, you know, client mix uh, within the agency is that, you know, some people will thrive during this time. Some might have to slow down. Um, and, and the real satisfying thing, too, is to take clients that, maybe can't pay as much right now or they're hurting and providing them the same level of service, if not more during these times. So that when we finally get out of this, they'll be in a stronger position, right? Cause at the end of the day, we still have all of our team. Everyone's getting paid. Let's just get work done and try to do the right thing by, you know, the customers that have been with us in the good times. And so that we can be there for them in uh, some times that are not so good. That's great. And I think you guys are doing a really good service to the economy and to your employees by saying, look, we don't want to lay anybody off because in Canada, as, as of right now, there's what a million people uh, that are unemployed. And so you guys not wanting to add to that is, is a really noble 
task and I commend you guys for that. Um, you've already mentioned that there's a surge in e-commerce, but one thing that I want to ask is, are you noticing any trends that businesses are starting to do now? You, there's uh, e-commerce, there's, there's a surge there, but is there anything else that you're noticing uh, businesses start to do right now as they pivot to try to adapt to this economy? Well, I mean, I think everyone's trying to do things a little bit different. Um, everyone's trying to make a little bit more noise. Uh, so, for example, some restaurants switched their focus solely to, to take out and try to ramp up sales that way. Some of them started preparing uh, meals that you could actually, you know, take home and, and cook yourself. Um, so, you know, there's been some innovation on that front. You know, we've seen different people in the health and fitness space run classes from home. Um, some of that being paid, some of that not being paid. Um, but really, I think for us, the experience that we're having is that either customers are taking some time to sharpen up their, their websites, or they've realized the importance of being able to sell online um, more than ever before, right? So um, one thing that I did is I put, put a post on LinkedIn and I said, if you've got a brick and mortar store and you have to close, you're forced to close, I can get a Shopify set up for you within 24 to 48 hours so that you can start selling your products and doing kind of that curbside pickup. And a lot of businesses are, are going that way because they can't open to the public, but they still need to sell and having all of your products online um, to shop and, and really just even reaching out to your customers to shop online from you something that we're seeing what do you think are going to be the lasting effects of this because as you mentioned there are a lot of brick and mortar stores that are closing and they're going strictly online do you think that people as as a general sort of economy we're going to start to shift to purchasing more online or do you think some of the brick and mortar establishments are going to be able to keep their um their storefronts um and the economy is going to just go back to buying from them i think retailers will operate differently it's already happening where someone kind of goes into a store it's it's their showroom and then they buy it online let's say for example you know there's a counter for for checkout right that's where everyone's kind of taking their items they're getting cashed out but i believe that there'll be another counter where the sales reps in that store are encouraged or commissioned to get customers to sign up for the store online and then they'll say to them something along the lines of well, instead of carrying all of this product back to your car, why don't we just place the order online? I'll give you 10% off and it'll arrive at your house. And if you ever need to exchange or do anything, come back to the store and we'll take care of it in person. That way, the retail environment becomes a, a warehouse. It becomes a place to, to do customer service and, and becomes a showroom. Retailers really have to use the opportunity while they're in front of a customer to convert that customer into an online customer. Because once you start competing for customers online, you're going up against the Amazons and all of your other competitors that maybe have more ad dollars, better search presence, more Facebook ads, savvier marketing setups. But while you have a customer face-to-face -face in your store, get them in the habit, train them to buy online so that you put your store in their hands at all times, opposed to waiting for them just to come back. And I think retailers need to really focus on making online customers in person. And that would be, I think, the, the strategic shift that I think the smart guys will do. Switching gears a little bit, I wanna talk about 
from a political standpoint, because you took uh, poli sci in university, you were almost the president back in the day. <laughs> Thanks. Almost. <laughs> almost, almost. Uh, ran a good campaign. Um, from a political standpoint, what, what are you noticing? Because I'm sure you're looking at it a lot differently than I am, a lot differently than some other people are. I think people are getting a sense for who their leaders really are, you know, in terms of what kind of leadership do they actually display? So um, I'll just talk about Toronto, John Tory. I think John Tory's always been, he's been my favorite mayor to date. Um, I think he's, he's really well balanced. And, and I do believe that he is being a true public servant during this time. So I'm definitely a big fan of Tory. And I think, you know, if people weren't a big fan of Tory, then they'll become one, right? I, I don't think anyone's going to see another person in the position of mayor above him come re-election time, right? Like that's, that's, that's the guy right there. Speaking provincially about Doug Ford, I think people have respect for how he's showed up every single day to do and say the right things. I see, they see him taking the opposite approach to people that he's been compared to like Trump, where Trump wants to kind of open things right up and Doug Ford is saying, Hey, let's, let's slow down. Let's make sure we beat this thing. Let's, let's take the right steps. Let's listen to our public health officials. Let's stay at home. He's been, I think, winning some people over. And in terms of Trudeau, I think it's there's a lot of pressure, you know, it, when you're uh, a leader of a party or leader of the nation. I see no no big fault in what they're doing. Obviously, there's mistakes and hindsight's uh, a perfect science. I think it's been pretty good. I think people are generally feeling positive about the, the people that are in power. You know, you're always going to get your haters on either side. But I think for most people that are kind of, you know, rational, uh, it's been it's been not too bad and i think i think our, our leaders are doing you know a pretty good job so we've, we've been inside we have our significant others and may or may not have our domesticated animals living with us in the same place but we are forced to live with ourselves right and we have to learn things about ourselves and one thing i've learned about myself is that i tend to distract myself a lot from doing the thing that i need to do so I've had, haven't had those distractions. I haven't had the bar or I haven't had the new Lakers game to watch or whatever it is. Um, so I've had to figure that out and had to figure out ways to be productive. What have you, if anything, have you learned about yourself during this time? Yeah, I really haven't changed much or learned anything new about myself. And perhaps that's a big failing in all of this. Do you, do you feel like a failure not knowing? I mean, that's fine. Maybe you already are self-aware and everything, but do you feel like you failed? If I have learned anything, my biggest takeaway from, from being in isolation or, you know, being socially distant uh, is actually having my wife around, you know, 24 uh, seven has been really awesome. We've, we've never, I think, gotten along better uh, than we do now. And you think that people being, together all day every day would you know push people apart or they would they get angry with each other uh, we see divorce rates you know after lockdown skyrocketing in china so i have a lot of hope for my my divorce lawyer clients that they're gonna be very busy after this but in terms of my own relationship it's been really really great so that would be like if there was anything where i've kind of learned or didn't see that coming or um, because you, you would assume that if you're around the same person for, you know, 40, 50, 60 days straight, that, you know, there could be some arguments and some tension, like a lot of people are finding, but for me, it's just been great. 
Hey, that's well, so if anything, I've learned that I'm a joy to be around. <laughs> that's 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 really sweet. That's really sweet, Mike. That that you guys are doing great and you're enjoying each other's company. That's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. All right. Well, look, man, on that note, um, I appreciate your time. Thank you for taking the time with me this morning to chat. I think it was great. You had a lot to offer. And uh, any, anything else that you want to add before we get out of here? I hope that when we all come out of this social distancing thing, that we're not socially distant. You know, like at the end of the day, I don't want to be, you know, if I want to throw a high five, I want to shake hands after a good ball game. Um, if I want to give somebody a hug. I don't want to be awkward. You know, I, I want us to, to still be humans after this. I don't, I don't want this to take away our humanity or our closeness. I do think that it'll, maybe help people respect certain personal boundaries and personal space, which is, you know, definitely good. Uh, especially if you're someone that takes a TTC. I don't want us to come out, you know, I'm saying that this is going to change our way of life. I hope for the better, but I, but I hope it doesn't make us cold and sterile. That would be truly tragic if that's how we were conditioned socially after all this. That's really interesting. I never considered that. I thought people would miss it and, lean into the social I, I hope i hope that's it i hope that's it I, I hope that you know next time i see you it's like the same thing that we always did all right see yeah. you later i really gotta get going now but yeah appreciate it mike really really do i'm just gonna stop recording but yeah just, just make me get in here <laughs> i don't have that kind of technology sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right man see ya